Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. The Green Champions. Who doesn't like a green ninja? Exactly. <laughs> Good little image. But there are also some people who are really upset. The energy consumption after hours on a graph there, it fell off a cliff. An informal group in an organization can get so much done. It's not a, a big drama story. It's a story of behavior change that actually happens in organizations. We're actually inspired to act by emotion. The science of disgust. We need more disgust in business. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan. And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. We have a, an exciting announcement for everyone. We've just started a new initiative. We're calling it the um, School Story Lab. And what it is, it's for leaders in high schools and primary schools uh, to come and work together to build their, the, the story of their strategy, right? Their school story, essentially. And the program is, is going to be sort of unfolding over, a month, over the month of March. And if you go to our website, you'll be able to find the links to it and see all the details. But if you know someone who is, you know, a leader in a school, you know, principal, system principal, uh, please send them our way. And, and if you're listening and you are a, a principal, please uh, sort of have a look at that and consider that in terms of just you know, how important it is to be able to tell everyone in your community, your teachers, your, your parents, you know, what's the school doing and why they're doing it right? This is what the strategy story is all about. So School Story Lab, you'll love it. And uh, yeah, we'd love for you to come along. Yeah. And that's going to be a, uh, we're running that a, a number of times in March and there's a whole bunch of other uh, things. So uh, March is going to be a busy month for us. And if you're wondering what these guys at Anecdote do, one of the things that we do is we, uh, we help leaders be better communicators. And we're running a series of storytelling for leaders programs in March, delivered virtually, and also story-powered sales. So if you're interested in any of those, then uh, on our website, uh, www.anecdote.com forward slash events, all the details are there. So pop in and have a look. And that includes the, uh, the, the School Story Lab uh, information. So please pop in and, uh, and check it out. Right, Mark. So we got a, I got a story. We have a story. And you're, you've got a story, I should say, uh, for everyone today. And so why, why don't you kick into it and we can have a talk about what it all means. Okay. So this is, this is a tiny little uh, story, but I was reminded of it today and uh, it potentially reveals some useful insights about getting stuff done in organizations. So uh, this uh, occurs back in 2009, 2010, when we were doing a project to help build communities of practice around sustainability in local government uh, areas the councils here in uh, New South Wales in Australia, and one of the one of the councils had a group called the Green Champions. They are about forty people in a uh, in the organisation across a whole bunch of different disciplines, and they just did stuff that they thought was potentially useful in terms of the council being more sustainable internally and helping their community be more sustainable. Right? It's all pretty cool. Nice one. Yeah. Now, of course, one of the things that that 
is focused on, uh, has been focused on a lot, is the reduction in energy consumption. And so you, you would have seen, and in, the, in this particular council, for years, there had been messages from the organisation saying, you need to reduce energy consumption, need to switch off your computers, and this is how you do it. And, and that, look, there had been a reduction, a slight reduction in, in energy usage. But this group, the internal group, they were called the Green Champions. And by the way, they had a, they had a, a like their, a, their mascot was the Green Ninja. And so you know, right. the Green Ninja would go and do stuff. Anyway. Who doesn't they, like a Green Ninja? Exactly. <laughs> Good little image. Um, and they decided that they would see what they could do to increase the number of people who switched off their computers and what. Anyway, they did. They had a little uh, gathering of the group after hours and they went through every level of the building through every office and they checked every computer and every monitor. And if people had turned off their computer and monitor, then they got a, they left a note from the Green Ninja and a fair trade chocolate saying, you know, well done, you know, thanks for switching off. Now, if the computer or monitor wasn't switched off, then there was a note from the Green Ninja saying, uh, Green Ninja, not happy, no chocolate for you. <laughs> so, but now this took them a few hours. So I bet it did, yeah. Anyway, the next morning, you can imagine there were a bunch of people who were quite happy. Uh, you know, they come in and there's a little note and chocolate from the Green Ninja. But there were also some people who were really upset. How dare you? Know, like, it was all their outrage. How dare you come and blah, blah, blah. But fortunately, the CEO had come in earlier that morning and seen the note on her desk. And I'm, I, th I think she actually got a chocolate. So anyway, she'd seen the note. She went and checked out what had happened. And the first thing she did that morning was to send the note to all staff saying, what a great thing this was. Go the green champions, etc." And that kind of you know, blunted the outrage. So there wasn't. I'm assuming the outrage would be a fairly small percentage. Though. I mean, not Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But it's the sort of thing where that outrage could totally uh, prevent. Topple the event, yeah. Yeah, future things from from uh, uh, occurring. Yeah, I guess the uh, one of the, the lessons from that was that uh, the just by working internally, they were able to produce a huge like in in the past small decrease after the day after. If you'd have plotted the energy consumption after hours on a graph, there it fell off a cliff. That right after that night. Yeah. And so yeah. they had a huge impact. Now it did change, you know, it did like people's behavior kind of reset after a little while. So they kept doing things. But that one intervention, totally unofficial, uh, was the thing that made a huge difference in terms of that uh, switching off computers and, and contributing sustainability. So for me, okay. I really just love that little uh, experience about how a, an informal group in an organization can get so much done. Okay, Mark, let's have a look at. Uh you know, what we liked about that story, right? One of the things that stood out for us, the things that we, uh, you know, gravitated to. Um, I know for me, one of the things I love about that type of story, it is, it's, it's, a, it's a story that's sort of told at a, at a, a more relaxed level. You know, it's not a, a big drama story. It's a story of behaviour change that actually happens in organisations. And I have to say, that's the majority of stories that happen in organizations. They sound like that, right? You know, someone says, oh, something really interesting happened. You know, this is the sort of one that they'd be telling around their, you know, sort of, uh, you know, sort of proverbial water coolers. Um, so I like that. I also like the fact that green ninjas are quite visual for us, right? 
you know, I had an image of a green ninja when you were talking about that. That was their, their uh, sort of, um, you know, their label, their, their label or mascot. So um, that was the other thing that sort of jumped out for me. What about yeah. you? What what things do you like about it? Well, I also like the the, the green ninja uh, side of it. It gave the group an identity that was really useful in that it basically uh, gave them permission to operate outside the, the formal structure of the organization, uh, uh, avoiding all the red tape and just doing things that they thought were useful. And it's, one of the things that uh, the group members uh, said about what they liked about it was that they could be a bit edgy and kind of operate at the edges of the organization where they felt they had the opportunity to make a big difference. Whereas, right. you know, if in, in the formal organization, everything's structured and processed and, and approved, approved and, yeah. and nothing gets done. Uh, so that's what I like about it. I thought the CEO sending the note was really a, a super important part of that in that these groups cannot operate without top cover. Yeah. And also the, the impact, right? that the energy consumption went down. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, immediately, uh, and you sort of partly addressed this, but I immediately thought, oh, how long did it stay down? You know, like, uh, is it a, a long-term thing? And do you have to re-energize it every now and then? Um, but yeah, great. And it, it sort of just shows you the types of things that actually encourage behavior change, right? And clearly what, it's to do with emotion. It's to do with recognition, you know, it's or embarrassment at the other end of the spectrum. Um, and, you know, not overly embarrassed people, but slightly embarrassed. And so, you know, they, they start to change their behaviour. And who doesn't want a piece of chocolate in the morning? I mean, how good's that? Keep that for morning tea. <laughs> yeah, and sustainable free trade chocolate. Oh, mate. okay, very good. So yeah, the appropriate, very, the appropriate yeah, chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, and they were really cool, right? They had little, if people did things, then the, the rewards were small. It would be like a uh, organic, uh, in-season, locally produced um, pink lady apple, right? That's the, the, the kind of things that they did. It was <laughs> tiny little things, but, but, but significant. Yeah, yeah, that's no, good. Oh, that, sorry, and, and I want to tell you, the, the first time I walked into that organisation for a meeting with this group, yes, um, I've kind of walked in and I had a, um, a takeaway coffee cup. Oh, no, you are you don't you're have, you, disparaged. I was, I was. I did not do that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. So you change your behaviour as well. But, but you know, 100%. actually, it's got me thinking about, you know, what, what are some of the features of stories that change behaviour, right? I mean, one of the stories there is that it's clear, it's simple and clear as what you need to do, right? You know, it's not an ambiguous thing in terms of what you need to do. It's very simple and clear. So, you know, because often you'll get people trying to make change by just saying, we don't want you to do this without saying, we do want you to do that, right? And making it clear as to what that is. Um, so I think that's an important element that, uh, and the other thing, and I, I, and is, and this is to do with emotion, you know, the, the research is pretty clear that we're actually inspired to act by emotion, right? And also we make decisions, you know, highly influenced by emotion. We'd hate to think that we all think we're rational beings, but that's not the case. And so there was a little twinge of emotion in there, right? In terms of what yeah. happened. Yeah. Well, it was Donald Kahn, the Canadian neurologist who wrote Within Reason, 
uh, the difference between logic and emotion is that logic leads to conclusion, emotion leads to action. And right. uh, there you go. Yeah, you know, like, like so. So there were, and, and in some cases, there would would have been strong emotion associated with with that, like yeah. embarrassment, like oh oh wow, you know, I've been caught out. Uh, uh, that's 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 emotion, and, and it's yeah, much more likely exactly. to drive behaviour change than, uh, than than logic. I heard a another example of of a, well, I'll give you another story that illustrates emotion to drive behaviour change. For, for a long time, we've been interested in this, this idea, this emotion of disgust, right? Uh, because we know, and some of the research bears this out, is that stories about disgust actually get retold. Um, anyway, the, um, I was listening to the Freakonomics radio podcast this morning, and they have whole episodes. Go check it out. We'll put it in the, in the show notes, uh, a link to it. But there's a, a, a whole episode on disgust, the science of disgust, and Anyway, one of the researchers was saying they used this for good, you know, this, this emotion. They were doing a project in Ghana and they were trying to encourage this particular village to uh, just get more into the habit of washing your hands, uh, especially after going to the toilet. And so what they did is they, they uh, created a video, a nice friendly video, uh, and it sort of focuses on a woman going into the toilet and she clearly doesn't wash her hands and then she goes to um, make the lunch for her kids and she's kind of kneading the uh, the dough you know sort of making something for for their for their lunch and uh, and it's clear that there's these specks of of gray in the dough in this white dough and then of course you see the kids eating the food and you know the, the emotion of disgust just gets triggered there but there's some other things that are happening which we're very aware of, and that is, but we're very um, drawn into stories that are to do with death. So, you know, there's a relationship there, potentially getting sick and ill and whatever. But also we're aware of uh, stories which are to do with the safety of children, right? These are all evolutionary reasons why we do that. So anyway, they, they, they got that video out and they saw uh, washing of hands jump by 50%, right? And it was a sustained change um, through that as you know, mothers are, are around that village realise that they didn't want to have that happen to their children. You're kind of drawn to that disgust emotion, aren't you? I am. You've got a strong affinity to it. I do. I do. I'm trying to work out how to use it more in business. I think yeah, we, well, we need more disgust in business. So if, if anybody has, uh, has read Sean's book, Putting Stories to Work, then uh, you should check out the, uh, the chapter that starts with the story <laughs> about the day I shat my decks. <laughs> Yeah, don't remind me of that. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, so uh, that's... Anyway, um, behaviour change. Emotion. Behaviour change. What, what would we do to make that story better, do you think, Mark? Well, you know, if you were to... Oh, the data. The data. I actually have the data. Uh, yeah. And I went searching for it uh, before we recorded the podcast and uh, couldn't find it. Couldn't find but it. But I have right. got the data. And right. uh, if I'd have had the data, that would have been even more powerful. True. True, true. I think maybe uh, you know some names of people involved would be would be good. It'd be great if you know it's it's not essential, but it's you know just would add another level of quality to it, um, and maybe a bit of a bit of imagery about what this. I sort of imagined a building with you know two or three floors high, you know lots of computers, and but maybe painting that picture a little bit for 
the listener might have been a yeah. useful thing. Well, I, I guess I did say they went to every floor, but I never indicated whether it was one or ten. And it's in fact, it's like a twenty-story building. It's right, quite, right, quite a, okay. quite a significant building. Yeah, hence the uh, the time it took to make it happen. Yeah. Cool, cool. Okay, what about um, well, how would you use this story? Like, what would we actually do to use it? Oh, okay. So uh, we've talked behavior change. How do you yeah. achieve behavior change in organizations? So yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's one, I think. Um, another one is uh, demonstrating that organizations have both a formal and an informal structure, and the informal structure is a very powerful way to get things done. Yeah. So that's a different uh, business point, which is quite important because yeah. a lot of people kind of don't think about that informal, the power of that informal, uh, uh, the informal structures in an organization. Yeah, yeah. Little things make a big difference. There's another one. Just going back to the behaviour change one, I mean, what, I'm just trying to imagine the conversation that you might have with a group of people. And I, I would imagine, like, like, for example, I was talking to someone this morning about um, a new brand identity that they have uh, are rolling out in their organisation, which will require a whole bunch of behaviour change. And, and a story like that would be a good just idea generator right? Because you're sitting there saying, okay, so how do we make this thing stick? You know, like, what can we do to change how people think about it? And then what they actually, how they respond to things. And then you go, oh, the green ninjas, you know, until the green ninjas story. So um, yeah, and, and that could lead to ideas like, how do we tap into the informal structures in an organization to help uh, bring this behavior change? This uh, Yeah, uh, into, do we into have life? informal structures? I'm sure yeah. they do, but they may not be aware of them. And and how do we find people who are passionate about that topic that yeah. uh, can kind of that we can tap into their passion to to help uh, drive it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That would be no, really that useful. sounds great. That sounds great. Okay, well, time well, to give it a rating, I think. Uh, but just uh, the, uh, another one is the little things make a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, another another good example of of, uh, of that, and that's a recurring theme throughout the the podcast is that. Uh, uh, we often think of the big things and the things that can make the biggest difference are those unexpected little things that uh, that occur out of the blue. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true, absolutely. And you got to try them out. It's that experimentation approach, really, in many ways. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, you ready for a rating? Yep. Okay, I'm going to. Give this one a a seven. I think it's a solid, solid seven story. I know, you know, I know you're avoiding sevens, but I haven't quite committed to that. The um, it's one I can I can imagine telling. I know, I can tell. I mean, I have told that story, uh, but I don't know how often I would tell it. I suppose maybe that was that's what I was thinking in terms of its seven rating. Yeah. What do you reckon? <clears throat> so. I am trying to avoid sevens, uh, finding it difficult. So I'm going to give that a six, and uh, but it's a, it's an experimental six because Ex uh, can you have experimental <laughs> sixes? Can you? <laughs> well, I'm going to. I, I haven't. I haven't had that one in, in in my story bank, and I haven't thought about that the the different applications that we've talked about. So now that we have talked about it, it goes into my story bank. Those potential applications. I expect that I will start to use that more. Uh, hey, Mark, I reckon, uh, it just occurred to me, maybe we should be challenging our, each other to use these stories. 
you know, it's a bit like buzzword bingo. You got to get the word in to get the bingo. Maybe we, it's it's uh, story bingo. You know, so we've we've now shared this story. Our job is in the next week um, to be able to see where we can fit that story in. You know, and we okay. will shoehorn it wherever you know, like. Yeah. But then we report back, right? I'll, I'll let you know, you know, if I get to tell it and the situation in which I tell it. Yeah, for that. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm totally up for that. Excellent, excellent. Well, everyone, I think that's probably where we want to wrap things up. But just a reminder, I'll lay up those public workshops are there. Just go to our events page. It'll all, you'll see it all there. And also this. This school story lab, we're so excited by this. This is really going to help schools, you know, take the next leap in, in just engaging and, and communicating with their people in a different way. So uh, please let, let schools know about it. I think that's the, the big question. Yeah. And for me, one of the things is that schools have got such a, an important role, having them equipped with all of the, the abilities to, uh, to tap into both, you know, funding sources from the, uh, from higher up the chain and also uh, the community support. It's, it's really important. It can make a big difference. Yeah. Well, everyone, thanks again for listening to Anecdotally Speaking. And, of course, tune in next week and we'll have another episode for you um, on how you put your stories to work. Bye for now. Anecdotally speaking, was engineered by Dave Stokes from author to audio.